Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Truth, justice, and the American way, it's our way. And welcome all. Great to have you with us. These are, at best, difficult and disturbing times which we're living through. There was great doubt about Joe Biden's capacity to be president of the United States when he was a candidate. To be honest, many, if not most Americans, couldn't imagine Joe Biden being elected. But there it is. He was elected, and it's now clear to any rational person that the general assessment of his capacity was indeed correct. Biden is impaired cognitively. It's always even money whether he'll even finish a sentence. His son claims he'll take up any subject that Hunter tells him to in his public remarks. Now, isn't that comforting? We knew Biden was in the sway of his puppet masters, but most of us wouldn't have dreamed his son would be among them. President Biden is now a tragic and a pathetic public figure. He's also extremely dangerous, whether he's doing what some dark cabal tells him to or having an episode of outright cognitive failure. The Marxist Dems who are influencing public policy emanating from the White House are driving this country in a hard left turn on everything from open borders, bringing in millions of illegal immigrants, devastating the petroleum industry, and the resultant sky-high prices for both gasoline and diesel, and the financial pain of tens of millions of our fellow Americans. The Biden White House and the Marxist Dems haven't relented in the slightest in their aims to indoctrinate our children, to intimidate our Supreme Court justices on every major issue, particularly on abortion. And be assured that the left means to control the outcome of the 2022 election by whatever means they can. And Republicans and independents have no responsible choice other than to volunteer wherever possible to participate in our elections at the local level. And be diligent. We're in a fight. We'll win in a landslide as long as we're there with the Dems when the votes are counted. Be of good cheer. Be of good heart. And let's keep our sense of humor as we go into the electoral battles. And be sure that truth, justice, and the American way prevails. Our guest today is a man with a great sense of humor. He's an author, host, Washington Times columnist, serious XM Patriot personality, conservative commentator, and comedian, Tim Young. We follow him on Twitter, where his handle is at Tim Runs His Mouth. That's at Tim Runs His Mouth. Tim, great to have you with us here on The Great America Show. Welcome. Hey, here's the thing, Lou. You know, my, I learned when you asked me to be on your show that my friends really don't like me or they have no faith in me because I said, I'm, I'm going to do Lou Dobbs' show. And they're like, the Lou Dobbs? I'm like, wait, come on. Come on. Like, they, they think I'm going to be on some bootleg show. So I'm so glad that I'm on the real Lou Dobbs show and my friends finally can believe in me. 
Well, you know what, anything that we can do to, to support you, because you bring so much uh, uh, laughter and entertainment with, with just your tweets, let alone your, your, your broad comedy. And you've got uh, now you've got street cred by being associated with me and the Great America Show. I mean, I, I'm, I expect to see a lot of swagger on your part from here on. Well, I'm going to need swag from you to swagger. I'm going to need some Lou Dobbs merch. So a hat, a nice okay. hat. I've seen you that, that cool logo you got. You better believe it. And uh, John Fawcett, producer extraordinaire, uh, load up the, the swag uh, for Tim Young, if you will. Uh, and we'll get that out to you just straight away, depending depending on your performance here over the over the episode. <laughs> but anyway, All right, well, I, I won't to say, expect I, anything then. Okay, you're, you. I'm expecting a great deal. So here we go. Uh, what was what's a great line? Uh, be funny. Is that the is that the one? Uh, you know. Oh you, man, Lou, hold on, Lou. The, the worst. Not to not to interrupt you, but the worst interview I ever did. I did this radio interview in uh, in Dallas once, and they brought me uh-huh. in the studio. And just before the the interview started, the interviewer goes, "Hey, can you be funny this time? The last time you were on here, you were terrible." All right, let's record. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> Well, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, I know that you're going to be funny. Uh, the only issue really is whether or not it'll be uh, clean, comedic uh, fun or, uh, you know, your normal witty, uh, clever uh, humor that's in all of your tweets. Uh, I mean, I, I'm serious. I really do uh, love your uh, your tweets, and I recommend everybody you go to Tim Young uh, at uh, Tim runs his mouth. And uh, as you can see, he's interrupted me four times already. We've just begun uh, <laughs> since. So he's got a great Twitter handle. Uh, I, Tim, that's me being funny. Uh, let's let's start with the, the issue of the day. Uh, and that's Hunter Biden. He's always serviceable. Right. Uh, who knew that Hunter really had the country's agenda? Uh, in, in his hands. I mean, his father, he says, does exactly what he tells him, uh, speaks to whatever issue he determines. And, and I've got to give the Washington Examiner a lot of credit. I want to play for the audience. Sound, a self-recorded message. I, I mean, this guy is not, it's not bad enough. He, he, he loves a selfie of himself more than anybody I've ever seen. He's got a self-recorded message uncovered by the Washington Examiner's cyber expert uh, and their great reporters at the Washington Examiner. And here he is. Who knew that the country's agenda was being set by uh, a, a crackhead and a, and a drunk? Listen to the first song. He's going to talk about Trump before many other things. I want him to talk about um, anything that I want him to that he believes in. If I say this is important to me, then he will work a way in which to make it a part of his of his platform. My dad respects me more than he respects anyone in the world, and I know that to be certain. Well, there it is. I, I mean, a, a claim that he can back up uh, that uh, Joe Biden was following his lead. Uh, your reaction to that piece of sound and and the, the statement, the bald statement uh, that the president of the United States is uh, is doing whatever his uh, his I'll put it this way uh, impaired son suggests. <laughs> you already called him a crackhead, Lou. <laughs> I just, I, you know, here's the is, thing: is it, is it too late to be nice? Have... Is it ever too late to be nice? Come on. It's it's too late to be nice to these people. <laughs> <At this point. laughs> I, you know, here's the thing, Lou. 
Would you rather have Hunter Biden or Joe Biden right now in charge of the country? I, I'll be honest with you. I think Hunter, uh, look, he's got him. He got himself a lot of uh, uh, business dealings around the world. He obviously knows how to uh, buy and sell human beings. Uh, you know, he might be better as president than Joe at this point. I, you know, maybe Joe should listen to him a little bit more. Well, according to Hunter, Tim, we've got a twofer here. We've got them both running the country. Uh, and uh, the a slight edge goes to Hunter since his father is saying whatever it is that he wants uh, to throw into the public agenda. I, I just find it stunning that the Department of Justice, the Attorney General, uh, and the FBI had all of this from 2000, December of 2019 through to October uh, 2020. Uh, in the final pre presidential debate that year, just before the election, and they didn't release any of the information that they had, including these statements, the, the relationship between Hunter and the entire Biden family and their criminal enterprise. It's an influence uh, peddling enterprise, the, the Biden family. And, and if they had just released that, we would have had an entirely different outcome in 2020. Certainly. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, what was it already? They said 16% of Biden voters. I believe there's a poll that said that they wouldn't have voted for him if they would have known about uh, just right. the laptop without this information. So I'm willing to bet that I bet 30%, 40% at this point are, regret their votes for Biden. I mean, that includes my dead grandparents, uh, people's pets, whoever voted in that last election. You know, they're very, I'm sure they're all regretting their vote at this point. Yeah, I, I think if there's ever been a reason for buyer's remorse in a presidential election, uh, the the Biden voters have got it right now. I, and it's, it, it really is difficult to grasp how amazingly incompetent, inept this man is. He cannot express a, a, a coherent sentence. He cannot get off a stage without someone's assistance. He walks around lost every time there's a crowd and he finds himself in the midst of it. They move away from him and ignore him. I've never seen any president have to contend with people just ignoring him. Well, they, they know that he's not worth talking to and they know that he's not the person in charge. And I think the, the example that and the prime example of all of this and where we really saw who was in charge was when Obama visited the White House. Everyone was surrounding Obama and completely ignoring Joe when Joe was trying to get Obama's attention. It's very clear uh, that, that Joe is not in charge over there. But, and who is, I guess, is the real question. We know this president is a puppet. Now we know that it's uh, at least Hunter's pulling some of his strings. But who else do you think uh, would be in the puppet master cabal that is actually running things? Well, we, we know... We know it also isn't uh, Kamala or Kamala or whoever she wants to say her name this month, uh, because when she speaks, it's like she's trying to, to uh, do a book <laughs> report on a book that she hasn't read. Like she sees the she sees the cover of the book and it says space. And so she says space over and over and over again. I mean, it just it, I, I, it has to be the the Obama cabal that's been around forever. This is his third term. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for Trump's uh, presidency. What's happening now, we would have had a more gradual increase uh, of problems in this country to get to where we are now, rather than them playing catch up on trying to destroy our, our great country. And there is a reason, isn't there, after all, uh, that 
Barack Obama is the first president in living memory to stay in Washington after his uh, term in office ended. He bought a big mansion, <laughs> planted himself right there because he wanted to be uh, close to the action where he could manage everything, it seems. He has what is clearly becoming uh, and becoming clear by the day, clearly uh, significant influence over this administration and all the policy that's uh, uh, being created by the by the staff of the White House, irrespective of what Joe Biden says. Well, that and culture. And if you look at it, I mean, look at his deal that he got. He got paid out at Netflix and created a bunch of things there. But Susan Rice was on the board at Netflix. I mean, these people, they knew what they were doing. And I wish conservatives were better at, at and were able to play the game the way that that the Obama administration did and the way Democrats do, because when they left office, they immediately went into cultural positions and, and major cultural positions. And so, you know, that's, it's no wonder that, you know, conservatives, Republicans are always playing catch up because they just don't get the game the way that the left does. And especially that Obama administration. Well, the Republicans are, I are really kind of a dull bunch when you get right down to it. Uh, many of them are lazy. I'm talking about the rhinos. Uh, they don't want to work. Otherwise, yeah. they'd be in the Democratic Party instead of the Republican Party because they agree with the Democrats uh, on policy and, and values. But they want to be in the Republican Party where they just go on the Sunday talk shows to show what idiots the Republicans are. Uh, and it's it's really amazingly stupid of the Republicans that they tolerate these left wingers called rhinos and their party, but there's no, there's no counterpart in the democratic party. The Democrats don't have 10 or 20, uh, 30, uh, rhinos or dinos, if you will, no dinos over there. And it's really interesting that there's that gap. I mean, there's a real gap in, uh, betrayal on the part of the Democrats. They need to pick up their game a little bit and look as stupid as the Republicans uh, do when they tolerate the rhinos. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me. You know, I, I feel like, you know, the GOP, the RNC are a bunch of rubes who have been uh, played for years now. And, you know, when, when you've had a Liz Cheney sitting around, when you have all of these characters who have just kind of been, um, you know, Adam Kinzinger, these, uh, uh, Mitt Romney. I mean, the fact that Mitt Romney was even... Uh, the presidential nominee for the party in 2012 is shocking to me. I, I wrote a book, a, a little uh, web book that was actually number one in political humor to plug myself back in uh, 2012 about Mitt Romney. And I said, I'm surprised he's even, he's even calling himself 50 a Republican. Yep, Fifty Shades of, uh, of Romney. Yep. And uh, and uh, look at man, Lou, you did your research on me. I'm holy moly. You're like a, a pro. Uh, oh, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's uh, incredible. I've got people telling me these things in my ear. <laughs> I, I just I tell you what, man, I wrote that book and I said, I can't believe he's a uh, he can claim to be a conservative, let alone a Republican. And people were like, oh, you're a socialist. You're this terrible person. You're a sellout. You're just trying to get him to lose. I'm like, no, take a look at this guy's record. It's right there. How how we don't have a better filter, a better, like, I don't know, draft system, I guess, for the Republican Party shocks me. And it's, it's just like they're asleep at the wheel in D.C. They're happy making their money. Uh, and, and that's that. I mean, it's they don't realize, nor do they care, that there are bigger things at stake. Yeah, it's almost like they've got a, a, the Republicans have an esteem problem. 
how, why else would they put up with this nonsense unless they think they're just simply not worthy and, and should be punished as a result by having, uh, what is it, something like 20 of them in the Senate, uh, certainly 10, 10 to 20 of uh, rhinos. It, it's disgusting. And, and there is a parting gift. Uh, Pat Toomey, the senator from Pennsylvania, uh, and uh, Rob Port, uh, Portman from uh, Ohio are retiring. And so their parting gift is to take away your Second Amendment rights and uh, take your guns. Uh, it, it's just disgusting lining up with eight other rhinos to join with the Democrats. It, it's just it's appalling. And, and the leadership of the Republican Party doesn't even want to discuss it. Well, you just nailed it in, in kind of a passing comment you just made. It's an esteem problem, right? So when you take a look at it, and, and I, always, I always say this to people and they're like, wait a second. You know, we always talk about how terrible the New York Times is, right? But if a Republican or a conservative gets in the New York Times bestseller list, they throw that everywhere. And they're very excited. They're very excited for these establishment corporate media groups to, to praise them or to give them this recognition that when, when they have 90% of the time talk about how terrible these organizations are. They, they speak out of both sides of their mouth. If you actually believed in yourself, you believed in your policy, you believed in conservatism, you wouldn't be kissing up and you wouldn't be proud to be associated with a New York Times or a Washington Post, right? Exactly. Or CBS News or ABC News or MSNBC, CNN. Uh, they all love to play to, to that crowd. And it really it, it does raise the issue of just what audience does Mitt Romney play to? Uh, he doesn't endorse Mike Lee, the senior senator from Utah, who's a conservative. Uh, and I believe it when he says that, but I don't have much proof of it other than his constitutional positions uh, that really have nothing to do right now with policy because they're doing everything unconstitutionally. But it, it's just he's just an ignorant man. Uh, he doesn't seem to have any real values, any real substance. And, you know, for example, decided to go, he really thought it'd be a really great idea for the United States to impose a no-fly zone over Ukraine, which would have meant war uh, between the United States and Russia, so said Vladimir Putin. And 40, 40 U.S. senators who are Republicans signed on to that nonsense. The Republicans have a way of getting behind a Lindsey Graham, a Mitt Romney, a Tom Tillis, a Susan Collins, for crying out loud, or Lisa Murkowski. It's just, it's pathetic to watch it uh, when it live and in color. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I, I just, and I don't understand it. I don't understand how they continue to have the support. I don't understand how there haven't been better primary challengers. So many people woke up under Trump. I would rather have a, an, active, uh, an active mom who goes to school board meetings, who is a true conservative in the Senate, than one of these establishment hacks who's been there, you know, forever, like a Murkowski or a, uh, or a Romney or someone. And, and I'm just, you know, I think the way that America is now with the issues that are on the table with, you know, not just gun control, but what's happening with indoctrination of kids in schools. Like, why don't we have an awesome mom? The, the money is there to support these candidates. But why we aren't getting the push from the GOP to have real, normal human beings in the Senate, in the House of Representatives, makes no sense to me other than it's a money game. Absolutely. I do want to share, because I've been bragging about your, your tweets. I want to give the audience a sample here. Uh, the, and here's one of his tweets uh, 24 minutes ago when we pulled these this morning. The completely rotten and corrupt apple doesn't fall from the tree uh, in the Cheney family. 
I think that's terrific. The people who believe men can get pregnant, the men, the people who believe men can get pregnant want to use red flag laws to determine whether or not you can own a gun. What could go wrong? I, I, I love that as well. And, and this red flag law, people don't even realize what, what it really is about. It's about giving your neighbor uh, control over whether you have a gun or not. And if your neighbor happens to be a rotten son of a gun, uh, left-wing and uh, motivated, they can create all sorts of trouble for you. I mean, the red flag law is just an un-American, uh, see something, say something, piece of nonsense. Your thoughts? Lou, I mean, not two months ago, maybe three months ago now. Again, the news cycle feels like it's been eons since everything gets, is getting screwed up now. But the DOJ listed parents who went to school board meetings as domestic terrorists. The same people who want these red flag laws said that parents who went to school board meetings are domestic terrorists. This isn't just about a neighbor. This is about stripping every conservative, anybody who is against the current narrative, of all of their rights. Right. And you'll be pleased to know that uh, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is assured the national corporatist media that his... January 6, prosecutors and the Justice Department are watching everything that's going on in the January 6 hearings, which is sort of, I would say, a mean punishment for them. But the, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is, Merrick Garland turns out to be this evil, nasty uh, guy who was being portrayed when they were talking about him for the, just, uh, for the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, he is a vicious left-wing ideologue. Can you imagine him on the Supreme Court? Well, we just got one uh, uh, put on the Supreme Court. I mean, every one of the nominees that comes out of the left from now on is going to be the exact same character as Merrick Garland. And even though they may present a little bit better, uh, but they, they all don't know what a woman is, of course. They can't, they're not a biologist. They couldn't define what a woman is. But uh, all of these, these characters that we're going to see are the complete opposite of anything that a, a conservative or Donald Trump would put forward. And it's, it's really scary to know that, you know, they always talk about all oh, activist courts. This is going to be an absolutely activist court. Uh, and, and it's so critical that we uh, protect our Supreme Court justices at this point, because apparently, you know, it's been memory hold, but, uh, you know, uh, the, the media doesn't want to talk about or be outraged about the uh, assassination attempt of Brett Kavanaugh the other day. I mean, if we lose him and, and, and it's just, this is mind blowing to me and sorry that I'm kind of locking up my brain locks up when I'm thinking about this because it just seems like the left wants to assassinate Supreme court justices. And that's one of those statements that if I would have said it a few years ago, if I would have heard myself saying this a few years ago, I'd be like, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're crazy, but it's the reality now. And it's a really scary place to be. It is scary. And what else is scary is what we're accepting in this country. We accept a media that doesn't want to report on a person who meant to kill Justice Kavanaugh. And we have a media, a national corporatist media, that did, we're talking about how he was upset about Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Uh, I'm sure this 26-year-old was really down in the, uh, the granular levels of abortion law and uh, federalism. But the truth of the matter is, whatever he was, he said clear as a bell to the dispatcher, the police dispatcher, that he was mentally ill and he was frightened for everyone else because of his state of mind and, and a mind that was sick.
And the left-wing media didn't report that, didn't report it for days. First, they had to talk about how upset he was, as if somehow, if he's upset, it's okay to pick up a handgun and go looking for a Supreme Court justice. It's just pure ignorance on the part of the left-wing corporatist media. And it goes on and on without comment. Not from the Republican Party. They don't hold. Uh, I don't know what you think of this idea, but I would have a group, a ready group covering everything in the Republican Party, covering everything that this left-wing corporatist media is doing. And I would hammer them over the head every time they do things like that because they are corrupting our society. It's not just political corruption. This goes to the very values of, of the American way. And we've got to end it now. I, I agree with you. I, you know, I, and, and the only way we can do this is by legitimately changing culture. And I'm so tired of, and I'm sure you've seen this, Lou, because you've been in media for a while, too. Um, I'm tired of organizations. You always see these groups, especially conservative groups, that show up and they're like, we're going to make a difference. And really all they're doing is making a paycheck for themselves. And they, they get all their donor money and they get billionaires to back them. And it's the same schlocky, you know, you know just garbage that, you know, they, they tick a couple of boxes, keep making a paycheck, and, and don't move a needle at all. They're not even trying. And, and this has gone on for so long now that we're out of hills to die on, right, when it comes down to the issues that are the, of the day. So I just, I, I, it's so frustrating for me. It has to be frustrating for you and the people who are kind of awake to this. And I think there are just so many people who are awake to this uh, that, that something can be done now. But it, it can't be done through, I mean, over and over again, I'm like, oh, look, it's another, you know, conservative media company that's going to do uh, some sort of version of, uh, you know, TV news and then some sort of like ABC family movie. It's like, no, we have to do something different than that. It can't be the same thing over and over again. We have to legitimately change the culture and fight back. Uh, without question, without question. But, you know, when we're talking about these red flag laws and, and the, the left and the rhinos joining in the Senate, all 10 of them, uh, to take away our guns, it is, it's only been weeks. Since the Democrats and the Biden Marxist White House had come up with a ministry of truth, the disinformation governance board to decide what is truth and what is fiction, uh, the government for the first time would have had that power if there hadn't been such a protest. And suddenly all these rhinos are perfectly willing to have the same group of people be in charge of handguns and the Second Amendment and deciding whether uh, uh, a man or a woman in this country uh, should have a red flag or their guns taken away from. Them. And it's, it's really chilling to see how stupid these rhinos are. Yeah. And, and I mean, let's think of, let, let's really put this into perspective just because that disinformation governance board doesn't exist. Doesn't mean that they're not already doing it. They're not continuing to do it in DHS. It's already established there. There's just no, you know, there's no flag. There's no office with a, a tag on it. Uh, for what they're already doing. But you're right. It's the, the fact that they just go along with this, I, I don't understand. But I guess, you know, again, Lou, you and I have been around in media for a long time now. Like a lot of people don't know. I've, I've been in my first article I wrote 27 years ago when I was 14. But uh, I, uh, you know, when you get to Capitol Hill and you've interviewed a bunch of these people, you know, they're not smart. Right. I mean, like it, it had to be. And I'm sure this has happened to you. You, there's a moment where you're talking to a congressman or, or a senator and you're like, wow, you are the dumbest human being I've ever met. How did you get elected? <laughs> and I think that's really what's happening now. Uh, 
Well, I don't talk to John Thune, for example. That's just a, a, that's a bridge too far for me. I, I, I don't talk to Lindsey Graham. I, I won't talk to, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders. I'm not going to talk to a host of uh, people, uh, you know, Kamala Harris. And, and I mean, and of course, uh, Mittens Romney is he's just he's so appalling on the face of it so i do have some standards the people i talk to on this show i don't i really don't i really don't bring them on unless i have respect for them uh, and unless i think that they are intelligent and well-meaning i seriously just will not put a great some of them who i don't consider to be a great american on this broadcast it's one of the the privileges i i guess of, of a uh, <laughs> a, uh, a man of my age, I'll put it that way. Uh, I'm not. I'm not well, going to no, I do the same thing. That kind of thing. I I do the same thing when I do radio when I'm hosting for SiriusXM or when I'm doing my podcast, which is uh, Once in a Blue Moon. But you know, it's you meet these characters, right? That are you know these ca- charismatic people on TV, like a Nancy Mace or a Dan Crenshaw. And you meet them in person, and you're like, how did you even have a normal job? How did you ever work doing anything? I, I sometimes I doubt if they even know how to read, to be honest with you. It, it is it is mind blowing. And and that's why I always say, you know, I, I want like a, a mom that goes to a school board meeting who's angry, who's justifiably angry, who's actually read policy um, to, to be a member of the Senate or a member of the House of Representatives. That's that's a better character and, and somebody with probably yeah. better morals than a lot of people than a lot of the members of Congress right now. And, and that wouldn't be bragging, would it? Uh, and this, by the way, is Tim's uh, tweet on, on that particular issue. I wouldn't trust any red flag law from the same side who had the DOJ label parents at school board meetings, domestic terrorists. And that goes to the heart of it. Uh, these are ideologues, left wing. These are Marxist ideologues driving the Democratic Party right now. Uh, and uh, I love quoting myself when I tweet. Uh, what I said uh, this morning was that uh, the Democrat Party is now because of the, the Marxist leadership of the party and the cabal that are the puppet masters for this presidency. Uh, there are there are clear and present danger to every American uh, and to all things American because they hate us. They hate America. They hate you and me and everyone who thinks like us. They, they do. But here's something fun. I hate them. So like that's. <laughs> and I think it needs to be look. It, it, Run you scurrilous conservatives. <laughs> look, it's it's one thing. Look, I understand that a lot of people, you know, they they love their faith and and God, and they they believe they should be kind to others. Um, I I of course am a very faithful person too, but I hate these people, and they need to be uh, eliminated from positions of power, and we need to fight back against them, and we need to be just as mouthy as them, really. Uh, you know, if well, they're if they're willing, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say. You know, speaking of that, this tranny library hour that no one else, uh, you know, was putting up with. Uh, apparently, the 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 Proud Boys. By the way, I I don't know much about them, but they did have the sensitivity to interrupt a session with young children in the public library in San Francisco. Uh, and, and say, you know, enough of this nonsense with these uh, drag queens uh, reading books to them. I, I don't know how that started. I don't know why it's permitted in a in, in a public space like a public library or a school library in some cases. 
Who in the world in their right mind would want to expose young children? Kindergarten, pre-kindergarten, and first and second grade. It's outrageous what's happening. It's, it's, again, this is a conversation that if you would have told me I'd be having with you five years ago, I would have said, no way, this is conspiracy. But it's, I think there's a pedophile problem in this country. And I never would have believed that I would be saying that now just five years ago. You know, there's, it makes no sense. What adult would want to do that? That's, that's really the question. When you look at it from 50,000 feet, what adult wants to teach a five-year-old, somebody else's five-year-old, let alone their own, about sex, about gender, about that kind of stuff? That is such a gross, kind of cringy topic to talk about with someone else's kid. And these people are fighting for the right to do that. That's disturbing. Well, it's disturbing, too, who their allies are. Their allies include Disney. I have to tell you, uh, you know, we love to take our grandkids to, to Disney World. I wouldn't go near Disney World. I wouldn't put up with any of it for a, for a moment. Uh, it's a sick corporation wanting to do, as the president of Disney Entertainment said, half of their productions are going to be uh, for uh, uh, LGBTQ plus and underrepresented uh, uh, factions within our society. I mean, that's sick. That is absolutely nuts. This is a child brand that should be a safe and glorious place for imagination. Uh, and, uh, and, but above all safe, and it's no longer the case. And when they take on parental rights as they did in uh, Disney did in Florida, I, I, we're reached a point in this country where they, it is, it's, it's us versus them. Because that is a clear line of demarcation when teachers suddenly think they have the right to talk to five-year-olds about sex and gender in a public school classroom. It is what many have said. And I, by the way, didn't believe this. It, it, it's a form of grooming and indoctrination, and it can't be tolerated. Yep. It's got to be stopped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're... <laughs> I, it's crazy when they say that they're underrepresented, by the way, you're right, Luke. Cause I mean, like I, you can't go anywhere anymore without seeing uh, something gay or some sort of like trans thing or something. I don't want to hear about underrepresentation. If you, if you, if there's an underrepresented group in entertainment right now, it's conservatives. When, when has there been a, and, uh, and oh my gosh, I'm going to get called racist and all sorts of things for this comment. When has there been a normal straight white male Christian conservative who looks sane on television on a, on a major broadcast when like, I can't in the last 10 years, it has not happened. And so if you want to talk about underrepresentation, that's, that's an underrepresentation. Where, where are people like me on television right now? They aren't. They aren't. And they won't be because it it's when you watch these, let's talk about the commercials instead of the, you know, the programming, the programming is awful enough, but the commercials are now at the vanguard of this, this diverse, uh, gobbledygook nonsense, uh, that's pouring out all over Hollywood and in entertainment and media. It's disgusting. It's appalling. And I, and I don't care who, uh, hears me say this. This is not, this is not a healthy society right now. We're a sick society because of what we tolerate or what uh, others are trying to do to this society, to our children, 
Children right now are not safe in this country. They're not safe in our schools because of the teachers, the indoctrination, uh, the outlandish idea that they should be having gender discussions at five years of age or five to nine years of age. Pick the age group. It's, it's horrific. And who in the world has ever trained these people to have any uh, pedagogical uh, ability to impart any kind of knowledge, let alone dealing with something so sensitive and so irrelevant to a five to nine-year-old as uh, sexual identity and gender? It's ridiculous. And it's tragic. Well, and this, and it's, it's coming from the same people who say that 18-year-olds aren't old enough to be able to handle an AR-15 or a gun, right? Their, their brain, literally, Jerry Nadler last week said that an 18-year-old's brain isn't developed enough to be able to handle a, an AR-15 or, or a quote-unquote whatever they're trying to label a weapon of war, right? right? But they can. But these same people say out of the, out of the other side of their mouth that a five-year-old can have a sex change, that a five-year-old without the consent of their parents can, can uh, uh, agree to have a sex that, that makes literally no sense, and it's disgusting. And the idea that we are allowing and that, that the medical profession itself is allowing the mutilation of children because of this insane idea uh, that five-year-olds or nine-year-olds are old enough to know uh, about gender identity and to make life-changing decisions, it's ignorance. Uh, and uh, the other day, talking about this the other day, or the other month, uh, talking with Dr. Oz, he was pointing out that 80% of the kids uh, who have, uh, have gender uh, operations regret it and would like to reverse it. Uh, this, is, this is just such specious and evil uh, nonsense that's being spewed as, uh, as fact uh, and science, and it's far from that. And the medical profession has a lot to answer for, that they would even permit such, uh, such conduct on the part of a, prof a professional physician, I think. Yeah, it, I mean, and the thing is, again, from a 50,000-foot level, looking down on what adult would want to, let alone deal with this issue with their own children, because it's cringy and, and, and tough to, to deal with, but someone else's children, you have to be a very deranged individual to go along with this, to teach this to kids, to want to teach this to kids, to want to, to want to fight the government, like in Florida, to want to teach this to kids. This is, this is, these are sick people. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, in Florida, uh, it's just, a you know, Ron DeSantis is just a governor, uh, just made for the moment. He is a great American, a great governor and he is doing just i i can't think of a single policy that he's initiated with which i disagree and i think that the people of florida are richer uh in every way for having him in uh in the governorship uh, biden we're told next month will be going despite his denials going begging the saudi arabians for oil uh as <laughs> and meanwhile we we have more than the rest of the world, and yet we're not uh, producing it, not drilling it. We're not exploring to, to create a, a more uh, potential uh, uh, oil fields. And we're shutting down all the pipelines. But Biden, Biden wants to go beg the Saudis for more oil production. Is that not pathetic? Uh, yeah. Remember, remember when we could just uh, drill and, and we had a uh... We were the number one producer of oil in the world under Trump just like three years ago. 
I mean, I paid way back way way back in 2020. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Look, when I went on the road, I covered the effect of COVID on small business. I traveled throughout all of 2020 for the Washington Times. And uh, I was paying 99 cents a gallon for gas. And that was because we had such a surplus. I mean, we had if not for Trump, we wouldn't have had the, the surpluses to be burned out by Biden right now. I mean, the, right. the strategic surplus. I mean, I, Lord knows what we're down to in that. I mean, this is there's no way that you look at this and don't believe that this isn't being intentionally done to destroy this country. Uh, without question, the Marxist Dems uh, they, that lead the Democratic Party are trying to destroy. The border is wide open, and there's only one reason to do that. Because the Biden administration and the Marxist Dems are pro-cartel. The cartels now control both sides of that border because the United States has given up uh, its side of the border to control. Uh, Furthermore, uh, Manuel Lopez Obrador, the president of Mexico, has now ordered uh, that the caravans coming up from Central America, all of those people are being given transit uh, visas within Mexico so they can go where they want, when they want, and they all want to go to the United States so that they can travel through Mexico freely. Manuel Lopez Obrador, under President Trump, had 26,000 troops in Mexico defending the southern border and the northern border with the United States. And that is a huge difference. And we are looking at uh, immense, immense consequences of this open border in terms of the uh, the scale of uh, migration, if you will, uh, from the from the South American and Central American countries uh, across Mexico into the United States, five to seven million in the next year. Already two million under this president have come into the United States illegally. I mean, it's 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 insane. But you know what? Maybe we could stop it if uh, we start showing that they're conservative. A lot of you know, a lot of Central Americans, a lot of South Americans. Are, think conservatively or much more conservative than most of the Democrat Party. Maybe if we get them to start voting Republican, they'll close the borders down. Well, uh, we're seeing that happen. Uh, under Trump, he got 40% of the vote in 2020 of the Hispanic vote, uh, which was the best uh, ever. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it wasn't enough to overcome Zuckerberg's money. Uh, William Barr's decision not to intervene in the election because he knew Joe Biden was lying and he didn't want to you know, ruffle anybody's feathers about, you know, family corruption uh, and Russian disinformation uh, and tell the truth that it wasn't Russian uh, information. So, uh, Tim, we always give our guests uh, the last word here on the broadcast, and you have earned that special honor. We we turn to you for your concluding remarks as we wrap up here. Uh, I'm on the, I'm on the, the hot seat here, Lou. I, I don't know what to say. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed hanging out. I feel like we could have talked for another three hours, to be honest with you, because I really enjoyed right. this, this chat with you. Well, we've got, but, uh, put it this way. I think you owe us three hours then. So we'll take it in uh, smaller bits, but you know, 30, 45 minutes at a time. We'll, we'll get that. We'll get to that the next month or two. <laughs> Look, you and I need to get together. I don't know if you drink or not. We'll grab a bourbon. We'll hang out. We'll, we'll talk about every, the next time we hang out, Lou, I want to talk, I want to interview you and I want to talk about all the terrible guests you've ever had to tolerate. Cause I think that's a hell of a conversation to have because you have dealt with everyone soup to nuts. And I, I cannot wait till the next time we sit down. Cause I'm going to grill you 
on every moron you've had to tolerate. We're going to get to the bottom of it. I want to hear all these stories. You've probably got great stories. Well, I, you know, I do, but I reserve those, uh, you know, for, uh, <laughs> for, for, for myself, because, you know, the truth of the matter is, uh, there are a few people, I guess, that would come to mind, uh, over time. And I'm talking about 30, 40 years worth, but the truth is the people <laughs> I have on this show, uh, I actually, I delight, I revel in our discussions and I, and I love the fact that the, this audience uh, loves to talk about these issues, are concerned about these issues, and knows that this country is facing challenges and threats, the likes of which this country has never faced, uh, certainly in, uh, in my opinion, never at this level in our history, uh, with the possible exception of the Civil War, uh, because this, this could also be headed in precisely that direction is the reason I reserve it. Uh, this is, uh, in peacetime, the worst threats, the worst challenges we've ever had. Uh, but I look forward to talking with you again. I may reserve the space to be the questioner rather than the interviewee, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll arm wrestle with something over that. I'm Tim gonna, Young, you're great. I'm going to turn you're it on you, Lou. You got it. Uh, Tim, you're a great American, uh, a great guest, and we thank you for being with us. I wish you all the very best. God bless you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Here tomorrow, we'll have with us Colonel Doug McGregor to talk about China's threats and the Biden appeasement and the outlook for Ukraine in the war with Russia. Please join us here on The Great America Show tomorrow. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.